I've been hyped. Welcome back, everybody, to the Nosebleed Sports Podcast. I am Chris Witt. Alongside me, as always, is Mr. Adam Schmidt. Adam, how are you today, sir? Tremendous. How are you? You know, if I was any better, I'd be you. That's uh, that's that's how I'm feeling today. It's in one of those one of those good one of those good feeling kind of days. Nice. Uh, so, uh, we got a lot of stuff to go over today. Uh, not a lot of stuff really, you know, the, to be honest, the only thing that's really going on in sports right now is the, is major league baseball in the NBA playoffs. Uh, also the NHL playoffs, by the way, which I hear the playoffs are insanely, uh, fun right now. I watched one game, half of a game. Is it half? No, maybe a period. I always want to call them quarters. Yeah. Periods. Is it if it goes to overtime? Can I officially start calling them? Can I call it quarters <laughs> for that game? Yeah, I guess so. If yeah. it only goes one overtime, I guess. Yeah, if it just... only goes one overtime, can I call them quarters? That's my question, and I want to know the answer. So, if you're on Facebook and you want to tell me if that's the answer or not, because we are on Facebook every Wednesday, ten thirty ish, we go live, uh, and then if you can't catch us on Facebook, we will be on. Uh, SoundCloud or YouTube or CastBox or iTunes, Apple Podcast, all the above, Spotify, Everywhere. a bunch of other other places Thursday morning. Yes, we will. So, Adam, uh, it was a good weekend. Did you have a good weekend, buddy? I did have a great weekend. Yeah? What did yep. you do this weekend? What did I do this weekend? I went to a Reds game on Sunday. Oh, there you go. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the Reds. Later on, we'll talk a lot about the Reds. Talk later a on, lot actually. about the we got, yeah, our triple play today, our MLB triple play, all Reds. Yep, yep. Uh, and it because it's been a crazy week for the Reds, very yes. crazy week. Uh, a lot of a lot of stuffs going on right now. But uh, first, we have something that something else that happened this weekend. Yeah, did you go the, to a derby party? I, I did not go to a derby party. Number one, because weird. Number what? two. Wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. I, now, we, we've had a little conversation. All right. We've had a little conversation. And uh, I want I will get into what Adam said to me earlier, earlier today, or earlier yesterday. Uh, but before that, I would like to ask you, why is it weird to have a derby party? Why are people having a derby party? Like, I feel like it's mostly people who do not watch horse racing ever, ever, ever until the Kentucky Derby. And by the way, the Kentucky Derby Derby is a sporting event that takes hours that is actually like seconds long. It's two. It's two minutes. It's, it's, two it's minutes a little long. over two minutes. And and people have parties and dress yes. up oh like gosh. they would never dress up for anything else. Oh and my gosh. just an excuse to drink right. like everything so, else. So this is this shows you how much Adam enjoys. I love horse racing. I love I love uh, going to the races and all the whole nine yards of everything about it. I've uh, never been to the Derby. However, uh, I do love going. Adam, however, asked me yesterday. I said, "What did you do? You want to talk about the? Uh, do you want to talk about the Kentucky Derby tomorrow?" And he says to me, "Yeah, yeah, let's talk about that because I really want to. I really want to know why they disqualified that horse for throwing too much mud up in the other <laughs> horses' faces. That's how much I follow it. That's how much I know about it." 
that's a that's a perfect example of how much I care about it. <laughs> um, oh Lord! Look, I know the Kentucky Derby is a big deal, and this was historic what happened in this kentucky derby it really was it was historic the, something that hasn't happened in 145 years somebody got dq'd for throwing too much mud in the other not, horses not just faces. not just somebody but the horse who won the race did and what for what i thought was because that was the first thing i heard someone say was <laughs> obstructing someone's view or something like that and, and i'm like uh, really? How do they control? How could they possibly control that, Adam? But that's tells, what I thought it was. Adam so. says that, and I just start cracking up. <laughs> why? Why do? Why do jo- jockeys have four thousand face uh, face masks on? I don't know. Maybe because there's going to be mud thrown all over the place. I have all kinds of questions about that too. I don't understand <laughs> that. How that works? I I don't. When I when you see them going out like before. They start the race. You see the jockeys. They they parade them out in a single file line, and it's a whole big all the pageantry and everything. Yeah, man, you got to look at the horses, everybody, before you make your bets and everything. You got to see how this, that horse looks beforehand. You know, if it's confident, ready to go, mm-hmm. a little skittish. You never know. I I usually uh, place my bets for the jockey that looks the funniest because <laughs> uh, they all how look you, funny. How do you? They all you look hilarious. For that one. <laughs> uh, whoever is the shortest and weighs the least is who I – because I figure that's the least amount of person that the horse has to carry. Sure. Um, so, no, I'm just kidding. I, I went to a racetrack one time and placed like a couple of bets just to, for the experience. Do you remember what your bet was? Do you remember how to make a horse bet? I do not. Uh, do if I went back right bet? now – this was a couple of years ago. If I went back right now, I would have to learn it again. The, I, be- the best thing they ever did was put the order – up there and oh man those people behind that counter they absolutely hate when people come up and make a bet on a horse and have no idea what they're doing they'll say like <laughs> uh, bet. yeah show uh four horse dollar and they go they like get irritated it goes how much will uh type of bet and number of horses See, and I, I, I don't think I did that at all. I don't think I did it like that at all when I went. Yeah. Uh, I think I went up there like, um, I've never done this before. Yeah. Can you help me? And, hey, they uh, will help you, though, if you need some help. They were nice about yeah, it. They, but they're I, good. If it's I not knew, a busy day. Yeah, I knew when I went up there, I was like, these people are going to hate me because I have no idea what I'm doing. That is. And, of course, if there's a line, if there are people behind me in line, I panic because I'm so in a rush to get out of line because I'm, I'm holding people up and that bothers me so much. Uh, even though everybody else is in the line for the same thing and everybody <laughs> in front of me didn't care about it, but I'm, I you just want to do it just, as fast as you can. I'm just, yeah, I just have to get out of there because I'm holding all these people up anyway. Um, that is the whole point of being there is to get in line to make the bet just so you know. So it's okay to be in line. It's okay for people to be behind you. You're not holding anybody up. They can go to another line or they should have came to the line earlier <laughs> if they wanted to get in front of you. Uh, and, and, and by the way, just to let you know, he, max, uh, maximum security did not get disqualified for throwing up too much mud in the other horses' faces. I, I learned that, yes. Yes. So uh, he was actually disqualified for basically coming out of his lane and uh, impeding multiple horses. I came to come to find out, I thought it was just country horse, country horses jockey who put the uh, uh, whatever, whatever you call that, where he, he said that 
he should be DQ'd. What, what is yeah, it called? Yeah, it was like an objection or an something An objection, like there you go. Yeah. Uh, it was also, also War of Will, who is probably the horse who got screwed the most out of all this because he ends up in, like, eighth place. He was in second place. He's the one whose feet were in between maximum securities, and he had to slow up to actually uh, – to, to when he slowed up, then everybody else got slowed up, and it it very well could have been very, very bad in yeah. that race. They could have got real ugly. However, so because he's uh, because he gets he gets out of the way, War of Will drops down to seventh place. Now, somehow this horse Country Day sneaks around the outside and doesn't have anything to do with anything going on in there. Probably would have came in like ninth or tenth place, and because all this happens and he stays clean. He comes in second, and he puts an objection in, even though he was not impeded at all. He's a t- like was a terrible horse, and he gets to win the Kentucky Derby. Well, sure. I mean, if you're if you come in second, and there's an opportunity to get the other guy disqualified, you win, of course. But I mean, let me ask you that: Would you want to win that way? I mean, if you're second place and you know it's possible that. You know, they could, by the way, the officials for these races are called stewards. Never heard that before in my yeah, whole life. Yeah, you got to have a steward, man. The steward's got to take care of it. <laughs> okay. Well, they did, and uh, they reviewed it. Took a long time. It would have uh, never taken that long in a normal race. Just to let you know, if you went to Churchill Downs on a Friday, like I'll be doing here in a couple days, mm-hmm. or if you go to Keeneland, you know, one of the two months that they're racing on a, where it's not a stakes race or anything like that, that would have been called probably – uh, within two or three minutes, they gotcha. would have made the decision. Yeah, so I, I, it was all these things are new to me. I'm I'm hearing all kinds of new uh, new terms and and learning all kinds of new things about horse racing that I'll probably never use again. But uh, just so, like college. So as as so you've only been to one horse race in your life. I did. I went to Keeneland one time. So that I'm going to tell you right now, Keeneland's one of my favorite places to go. It's very, very popular around here. I've never heard anyone say anything bad about going to Keeneland. It's a big event for a lot of people. Everybody yeah, loves it. It's awesome. I know one guy who doesn't really like it very much. I can already guess who that's going to be. Probably the one guy who's only been there once, and he's sitting to the right of me. <laughs> and uh, and you would be correct. How do you not like – what, what was there to not like about Keeneland? I have to know. There was almost nothing to like about Keeneland <laughs> for me for me so you have to know me a little bit but um i went there and it was so first of all you have to dress up you're expected to you don't have to i guess but that's the thing you dress up really nice and dress clothing and the big thing is it's it's just a party it really is just a party people go it there is a party yeah. for the party people don't care about that's, horse racing I, and go there for i just the party. figured it out that's why you don't like it. It's because one of the it's biggest a party. Reasons. It's, it's one a of the party, reasons. so you don't like it. That's one of the biggest reasons, for sure. Heaven forbid a bunch of people get together and have fun. It's just, it's an excuse. <laughs> when I say party, it's an excuse for everybody to get together and drink heavily and irresponsibly. That is what it is to me. Now, I also didn't love that it was hot that day. Uh, I have to wear pants and a long sleeve collared shirt, okay? 
And and then so they have and the tailgating outside the place is the big thing at Keeneland, right? Or, or at least as I understand it, I've never tailgated outside. I get my ticket. I go inside, and and uh, I like to. I like the actual part, the actual racing part of it. But you know, hey, don't get me wrong. I'm a, I'm 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 not one to turn down a good time. <laughs> At all, I'm at it. If there's tailgating, I'm involved. They've got people have everything going. You know, everybody's drinking like crazy. Everybody, you know, they've got everybody's parked. There are a million cars in this enormous field, and half the field that's the closest to the to the actual place is like dirt. It's like all dirt. I think probably because there are so many people and cars constantly going through there, it's dirt. So you are drinking and partying in dress clothes on the dirt and playing cornhole and doing whatever else or the other side like the extended part of the field was where i parked because it took three and a half hours to get there even though it's an hour and a half away because the traffic traffic is so bad in the last like 20 mile or the last like mile to to get there um (laughs) <laughs> we parked in a field that the grass was like two feet long. So it was either dirt and dust everywhere that you're that you're partying in your dress clothes on or grass that is two feet long with like just crickets and grasshoppers and bugs, mosquitoes everywhere. Uh, Mr. Outdoors over here. I can't stand bugs. I can't stand tall grass. I can't stand... Get, if I'm wearing really nice clothes, why am I putting myself in those positions at all to get oh, everything man. all messy? And I mean, what, what's the what's I don't know. I don't understand really anything about it. I can tell you um, what it is. Here, you want me to help you understand? Yeah. It's a party. It's fun. Enjoy yourself a little bit. None Smile. of those. Th- I just listed all of the things that happened there. None of those things are fun to me. None of those things. A cricket jumping by is not going to hurt you. It's but there. Oh, it was a lot more than a cricket. I'm telling you. All right. So here's the deal. So I understand that. You, so so where did you sit when you got? Did you finally get we in didn't the place? Sit. We went in the so place. You didn't really have to wear all those dressed up clothes because that's. I mean. So you, you have to wear dress up clothes to sit. Is that no, like there's certain parts of the track where you have certain uh, dress codes that you have to abide by. You could have wore a pair of nice jeans and a polo and been fine. Okay, number one, I don't have a pair of nice jeans. <laughs> I don't own – I'm going to be honest with you. I don't own uh, a pair of jeans that fit me, so I don't have a pair of jeans right now. Um, I, I don't know. I do wear I do wear jeans on Friday at work, but uh, so I guess they're nice enough for that. But hey, if you can wear them to work, you can wear them to Keeneland. Okay, so uh, that's what I'm gonna do next time. In fact, next time I'm wearing basketball shorts and a t-shirt like I am right now because it's not worth dressing up. It's stupid. It's stupid to dress that nice to go sit or stand in the blazing hot sun, and while everybody around you is just hammered. And 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 watching horse races, uh, I couldn't see very well. We didn't have seats. We it was like it was you know, you're elbow to elbow with everybody. It's it packed there, so everybody's hooting and hollering. Oh my gosh, they were they cheering? They were making noise, which I also cheering? hate. Were they cheering? Oh my gosh, Adam! No, were they cheering? people weren't even cheering. That's the thing. And then there's so much time <laughs> in between races. I think I actually saw like two races, maybe or a race and a half or something. What I could what I could see, you know, the move that you always do, um, you know, that you started that you started perfecting when you were a kid in church, where you're look you're finding the spot between. 
uh, heads. Yeah. Between yeah. heads so oh, that yeah. you can oh, see. Yeah. You can't see over anybody. So you try to see through and around people. Um, so you start doing that early on. And then uh, so you, so you, you work on that and, and, you know, you do all the – you go to all kinds of different sporting events and stuff like that. So you really you really get to, to know how to do that. But uh, So that's what I did. It was. Uh, it just wasn't a good experience for me. I, I want to take you back to the horse. I want to take you back to the track. I want to take you to the track. Let's go to Turfway on a thirsty Thursday or something like that. Dollar oh. beers, dollar dogs. Where everybody's even drunker. Jeans and a t-shirt. <laughs> good to go. You no big deal. Shorts. I wear. I wear a pair of basketball shorts and a t-shirt. Nothing. Nothing fancy. We don't even have to go on a thirsty Thursday or whatever they call them. We'll go on a nice normal, you know, Saturday night. Uh, and and I, I'm, I'm gonna show you a good time at the races, man. Okay, well, well, we're going in, like you said. We're going in when we get there. And I, I, I got to have a seat, and I got to know what the I weather's going to be I'll like. Get you, and I'll I got to seat. I'll make sure we know the weather. I, I, we'll be undercover. I, I, I'll make sure we're <laughs> undercover for you. It'll be, uh, it'll be, uh, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm, my new, my new goal in life is to make you enjoy a day at the races. Okay. Or a night at the races. I, I'm, I'm willing to give it a shot. Under your supervision, I will. I will have an alcohol, alcohol sure. alcoholic beverage. Sure, I'm just letting you know. Sure, just don't be like the other nineteen to twenty-four year olds that are packing the place, that are just there to drink after drink after drink after drink after drink, and try to look very attractive by their clothing and their makeup yeah, man, and hey, all that first kind off, of stuff. I'm all, I'm all about people getting, getting dressed up, look good. If I, <laughs> hey. if the situation is right, yeah. how come the how horse come? race, horse racing is the most, is the best situation to get, to go, to <laughs> yeah. go get yourself that, looking good. I, I feel like that is <laughs> like in the, in the, when it started in the 1800s and maybe the twenties and thirties, like people dressed up because that's how people went to baseball games like that. But like now, there are so many i mean it's not a it's not a sophisticated place really i mean it's the sophistication is increased by people dressing up like that a little bit sure. but their behavior doesn't match yeah, for that the most, most part the it's just a bunch of pete roses yes exactly it's a <laughs> bunch of hillbillies that go watch horse racing that's just what it is and uh oh it has been you can find way it has been thrown down you can you can find <laughs> i oh, was trying goodness. to avoid the h word oh, but i went ahead hillbilly went is it. out all right okay <laughs> speaking of hillbilly so one of my favorite things about about horse racing before because we, we gotta we gotta move on at some point uh one of my favorite things about horse racing is the names of the horses uh, Tyler Roop uh, jumped up. First off, you have got to read the – don't read them now. There's too many of them. The comments on Facebook Live are, are, are pretty spectacular at this point in time. <laughs> read those after the show, Adam, because they're all about you. And what would your what would your horse's name be? Uh, boy, on the spot, huh? Uh, my horse's name would be um, It would be uh, Rum Dum, probably. Rum Dum? I yeah. like that. Yep. Rum Dum. Or, I don't know. Ding Dong? Either d Ding Dong, Rum Dum, or Hoo-Ha, probably. Hoo-Ha. Ooh, hey. Wasn't that the hey. third one? I don't know. I but we're talking about Hoo-Ha's all of a sudden. No. I don't know I, where that came from. I thought that you <laughs> – I thought that was the third one. It might have been. That it might have been. Uh, one of my favorite, like, uh, one of my favorite horses from the other day um, – where is it at here? Uh, what was that guy's name? The, the the horse's name was Win Win Win. I mean, that's pretty original, right there. 
Yeah. There are some really That's terrible. There by are the some way. really strange, some really dumb, and a few pretty cool Master Fencer. <laughs> What's a master what? fencer? I have no Somebody idea. Somebody who's good at putting up fences. I don't know. Uh, oh, I thought it was like uh, on guard. Oh, okay. okay. Master fencer. Fencing, yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there you go. So the other one horse's name was just Tax, T-A-X. All right, so that's the end of our – that's the end of that. Adam, oh, my gosh. All right, look, you tell me when we're going. We'll go. We're gonna make this happen. Tell me when we're we'll going. make this happen. So we'll, we'll put it the... out. We'll put it out on the face tube, and we'll we'll have yeah. a we'll have a nosebleed sports podcast day at the races. Is it uh, is Keeneland? Is it April and September? Uh, it's September October. I'm not really sure exactly which okay. month that other one is, Maybe but we'll... April's the April's the other one. Right. Oh, we don't have to go all the way to Keeneland. No, we don't have to do that. Let's let's start start you off slow. We'll 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 uh, hit a weekend when Turfway's running. Turfway, got it, got it. Northern the, uh, Kentucky, the minor league. Big right. time minor league. That was uh that was Pete's big spot, man. Pete loved Turfway Park. Sure. Yeah. Sure. All right. So anyway, all right. So uh on that note, we are going to jump into some basketball. Uh but before we go to basketball, you know that at the uh when we do at the at the Kentucky Derby that you probably aren't gonna get bitten by any bugs. Because they use a mosquito control. They don't use Ohio mosquito control because it's in Kentucky. However, if you live in Ohio, you could use Ohio mosquito control. I just had my first treatment done the other day. Went out, mowed the lawn today. Guess how many bug bites I got? I'm going to guess uh, less than one. It was absolutely zero. Absolutely zero. At Ohio mosquito control, they offer quality service to the Cincinnati area at a respe- reasonable prices. Uh, family owned and operated. They are professional mosquito control service. Uh, just a phone call away or go to Ohio Mosquito Control. Uh, I'm sorry, Ohio-MC.com. Uh, the guys that do this been doing it for a couple years now. They're awesome, and they are the pest of the pest. Ohio Mosquito Control, Ohio-MC.com. Load it. Get on there. You can schedule your treatment. They will eat, send you a text the day telling you the day they're coming send you a text when they get there send you a text when they're done shoot you over a bill pay them done simple very very nice ohio-mc.com so uh on that note let's uh, talk a little bit about some nba basketball chris we have our first entrant uh we have our first entry i should say into the conference finals it is it is official now the the milwaukee bucks beat the celtics tonight um, to make their way to the Eastern Conference Finals. Congratulations, yes. Giannis. Giannis and company. Um, they are uh, will wait for the winner of the 76ers Toronto Raptors series. So can we talk about the Sixers Raptors first? Because sure I've got a question that I want to ask you. Absolutely, we can. Okay, so Sixers Raptors. Raptors, one of the things I was looking forward to most in this entire playoffs was Serge Ibaka and Joel Embiid getting in a fight. I wanted to see them two big boys throwing down. Mm-hmm. Serge Ibaka, Joel Embiid, nothing. Nope. Nothing. Well, part of the part of the issue is that Joel Embiid has has been very, very sick for the last two games. Oh, yeah, he had runs. Not the last two, just for game two and game four. Was it? Yeah. Game so he two, was game two he had the runs. Game three he was okay. Game four, he he texted his coach nine hours before the game started and said, Stephen A. Smith's going off about this, and I love it. <laughs> he texted him nine hours before the game started and said, 
I'm not feeling that great. I don't think I'm going to be able to play tonight. Nine hours, you're an NBA player in the playoffs. You can't, you can't, you're going to text your coach at six o'clock in the morning, nine hours before your game starts to f- tell him that you, that you have anything can happen in nine hours. Take a nap. I didn't sleep very well. I may not be able to play. Well, see, that's why I think he was, he was sick for the last few days. So if he's feeling that bad, if he was sick for a few days and he was feeling that bad and he was up at six in the morning, I can understand where he's saying, like, I don't, I don't see right you gotta, now. You got to go to the doctor. You got to get something in you. This is the NBA. And playoffs. he's going to, and he did. You know, he's yeah, going to, and he played terribly. He's get right, and, and that's, I'm sure that's why. That's what everybody's talking about. Well, then he's, why was his game three? So why do you have such a great game three in between two and four that were terrible? I don't know. I don't know. But he, um, look, not everybody can be Michael Jordan. You can't get the thir- truth. Can't get 38 with the flu. Okay. Um, did Michael Jordan really have the flu? <laughs> I mean, we could. Get or into or that. did he just have was too it, much fun the night before? Food. No, I they like, said food poisoning. Uh, maybe a little hungover. He was caught at like something like four in the morning at the casino or something. Here's my question to you. I got another question for you, okay. Mister uh, Fun Control Police over here. <laughs> okay. The Fun Police over to my right. Yeah. So my question to you, sir, is: Do you? Uh, let's see. Knowing that Michael Jordan liked to like to have a cocktail or two and go uh, go hit the tables and have some fun, does that does that turn you off on Michael Jordan a little bit? Uh, no, I never saw him do it. Oh, so you're, I was never uh, around him uh, gotcha. when he did that. Um, well, uh, hello, you've never seen Santa Claus. He still comes to your house every year, doesn't he? I've seen Santa Claus. Oh, okay. I haven't. So. Sat on his lap in the mall. Yeah, there you go. All right, so anyway, uh, before we ruin lives, uh, back to the Celtics. So Kyrie Irving is having not the most uh, fabulous playoffs. He actually, I believe his exact words were, he, t- he took 22 shots and made like seven of them or something, and he said he feels like he should have shot 30. He should have took 30. Well, People who are confident scorers and confident shooters are going to shoot. Yeah, but is that what you say times? right after a game? Right after a game, you just got beat. You got you just got beat. Is that really the word? Is that is that the best thing to say? Your teammates are probably already irritated at you with you a little bit. He's obviously not been the best teammate in the locker room. Uh, I don't I don't know. I just I feel like that could have been said at a different time by I, a different person. I don't I don't have much of a problem with what he said there. Uh, I know what you're saying. He was very back and forth kind of all year. He said really to begin the season that he was not going to stay in Boston after the season. Yeah, he made it pretty clear. At some point during the season, he was addressing the crowd for whatever reason, and he said he wanted to stay. He wanted to be there. Um, And then you had the episode where he was frustrated. He was trying to become a leader, uh, which he's been – uh, chastised for so far his entire career he was trying to become that leader so he's he's kind of the vet now where he's got younger guys that he has to try to teach how to be a professional how to win basketball games at a high level they but they did last year these kids did last year without they're not him. getting without him <laughs> and they're not even getting as much of a chance to play and right. gordon hayward does not look healthy he i mean we talked about it last week he he looks a lot better than he did when he first came back from his injury, but um, but he's not the same player that he was. No, you know, he's not the same player he was in Utah for sure. Um, 
So maybe I don't know if that's just going to be Gordon Hayward from now on, or if he just needed, if he needs another change of scenery, whether it's with another team or probably not, but maybe with a different set of teammates, possibly. Yeah, when your legs going east and your ankles going west, uh, it's. It, it, I think that's going to take more than just a year to get figured out. So that's a bad formula. Yeah. Um, but he's yeah. Look, he he has worked his way back to not being a bad player, but he has not been in games in big situations though at times because he isn't the same player that he was before. So we'll have to see with a with a full off season to work out, train, and be healthy. See how he comes back next year. As far as Kyrie Irving goes, though, he did not shoot the ball well in the series. He did not shoot the ball well again tonight in the closeout game. Um, and his effort looked po- very poor tonight. It looked like he, he gave up, honestly, to me. Hmm. And he, on defense, the way he the way he moved and stuff on offense, it just did not look – it looked like after they went down 3-1, he made up his mind. And probably not just Kyrie, but honestly, I mean, you can – everybody's been talking about Kyrie's probably not going to stick around. Yep. If he already has that in his mind, I know I'm gone. We're down 3-1. I'm frustrated with myself. I'm frustrated with my teammates, my coach, whoever he's frustrated with. He's probably like, you know what, we're not going to win a championship with this team. I'm ready to move on. So Brad Stevens is known for being the, uh, you know, getting young people to to buy in. That's what's been. That's what he's been so good at. Is this a kind of a, a shot against him, or is this just, or do, or do you think Kyrie Irving leaving could be the best thing for the Celtics? It's interesting because you don't want to think Kyrie Irving's such a great player. You don't think a guy with that of that caliber, a player of that caliber leaving a team would make them better. And I'm not I'm not convinced that it will, but you think about the way they're playing now compared to the way they were playing at this time last year in the playoffs without Kyrie Irving or Gordon Hayward. It's a it's a totally different dynamic. It's a totally different team, period. I mean, a yeah. lot of those most of the same guys are still on this team, but it's a completely different way they're playing. Well you can see the ball gets stale a lot. It does. And uh, and they did they moved it around a lot better last year and you know they but and they also had two or three guys that were bench players that were playing above their uh, you know better than the back of their basketball card you know yeah, um, they sure. were they had a few guys that were playing really hot the Terry Rogiers and those guys um, this scary year Terry if I heard Scary Terry one more time last nah, year I yeah. was gonna throw somebody that's, through a window that's not a good nickname I wasn't gonna let them decide if it was open or closed I was gonna keep it closed <laughs> thank you Charles <laughs> Charles Barkley um, so okay so it's gonna be interesting to see what happens this offseason for the Celtics and of course for Kyrie I think the front runner still sounds like it's probably the Knicks uh, Joe Leonard on Facebook mentioned uh, welcome to the Lakers, Kyrie. <laughs> I would love to see that because I think that those two together now is a completely different combination than it was then. I think it would be even better, and those two were able to win a championship with not much else. So uh, I think it would be even better now with a with a mature Kyrie Irving and a you know uh, more healthy LeBron James. <laughs> How much more mature is Kyrie? Do you think than he was? three years ago mature enough to call LeBron and apologize at that at that time 
He's but he's been Oh yeah, but he's I mean the kid's twenty three, was he twenty five years old, twenty six years old? Kyrie? Yeah. Yeah, he's at least twenty six now. Twenty seven, twenty eight. I think. Yeah, I mean he's he's grown into it. He's still got a little immaturity. He's probably he probably would go to the horse races and get absolutely <laughs> obliterated out in a in a tailgate. So may, you know, maybe not one hundred percent Adam Schmidt, but he's he's definitely got a little Chris Witt in him. <laughs> um Okay, so so I don't know. I don't know how that would work. I, I think hate, Kyrie's I hate trying still, to figure out where everybody's going. Yeah, right. But but it seems like Kyrie Kyrie wanted to go somewhere else away from LeBron because he wanted to be the guy. He wanted to be the he got alpha. It. He wanted to be the leader, and he got it. It's not if working he goes out to New York, right he's now. not going to be that guy because, because Kate's K- going KD's going to end up there, and KD is going to be the man wherever he goes because K- Kevin Durant is the most talented basketball player in the NBA uh, while LeBron is injured. I'll give you score. I don't know player, but I'll give you score. Um, okay, oh, I'm good with that. Most talented score because you got guys like uh, Kawhi and uh, well, like Kawhi. And and Giannis, that could that could be up there maybe, but when it comes to score, there's nobody. You can't stop Kevin Durant. I right. mean, you can. You, <clears throat> James Harden is extremely difficult to stop scoring wise, but Kevin Durant is by far the most difficult person in the NBA to stop. He is. Uh, he he's especially the way he's playing right now. It's you know it's easy to say that. Speaking um, of speaking of those two, they're playing as we speak. They are. Um, <sighs> And Golden State's up 31-17. Okay, so a good start for Golden State. Um, really quickly, though, in the East, so we talked a lot about the Celtics. That that series is over. Milwaukee advances on. They The Celtics shot the ball poorly all series, but guess what? The, the, the Milwaukee Bucks were the best defensive team statistically in the NBA all year. Right, so there's a reason why, probably. Reason why. Right. Milwaukee is uh, they're in a great position to to beat either of these two teams, Toronto or Philadelphia. Uh, Toronto is up three two in that series right now. They are back in Philadelphia tomorrow, Thursday, mm-hmm. for Game Six. If they if Philly if Philly takes care of uh, the home court there, they will go back to Toronto for Game Seven and on Sunday. And B told Drake he was going to be back. He looked he right at him and said, "I'll be back." And he did. I'll be back. Uh, yes, that's probably not the uh, exact <laughs> yes uh, way he's he talks, but he anyway, actually grew up in the same town with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, <laughs> All right, so so do we want to go over that? Because I mean, there's 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 a little bit going on there. You got the sickness. We've talked a little bit about it. We did. Kawhi's talk- been playing out of his mind. Kawhi has been excellent. Um, Danny Green shot the ball really well last the last game. Uh, they've been. <sighs> Three of the five games that they've played so far were really good close games. Two of them were blowouts, one for each of the teams. Um, so it's it's really hard to tell. I would think because they're facing elimination and they're at home, I expect Philadelphia to win this next. Game. I'm with you. I think this is. I think I think Philly's got something to prove after, especially because it was the biggest loss uh, was this past one. It, it, you know, they lost by. 30 points right. so 34 points so this is where it needs to come in this is this is where uh you're gonna see i think you'll see philly step up but i don't know man i'm, I'm really starting to lean towards the rockets uh, in seven in this rockets in seven 
I, I'm still taking Golden State in seven so far. No, 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 no. In this in this series. Oh, I thought you said Rockets. I'm uh, not Rockets. Raptors. Sorry, okay. Raptors. My bad. Sorry. You might sorry, have sorry, said sorry. Raptors. I know. I, I said Rockets. Rockets. Raptors in seven in this series. Okay. I thought we were. <laughs> I thought we were transitioning. Um, <laughs> well, I'm a quick transitioner sometimes. <laughs> I do jump around. <laughs> I okay. So you take Raptors in seven, and I I do. I'm I say the same thing. Yeah. I think. I still think the Sixers certainly have a better roster. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me at all. They can beat Toronto at home, but I think Kawhi is going to be at his best again if they go into a game seven. Pascal Siakam has been easily, or not easily, but he's been an outstanding number two on that team. Without a doubt. I mean, he led them in scoring last game. Yeah. So I would, I, I'm with you. I take. I take the Raptors in seven, but it wouldn't surprise me either way. I'm taking the Bucks though in the Eastern Conference Finals, so this series so this series doesn't matter doesn't to matter you at that all. much to me. All right, well then let's go to the West because there's two really fun series over in the West. Yes. So obviously Golden State and Houston are playing right now. That is uh, this this is feels like the Western Conference Finals because of the way the Portland Denver series is so off played. So let's go into Portland first because okay. Portland and Denver are the two were the two the two three seeds, the two and the three seed in the West. And I'm going to tell you right now, Damian Lillard has been phenomenal in the postseason, mm-hmm. but I might have a new favorite uh, player in these NBA playoffs, Nikola Jokic. Nikola Jokic, that dude. Looks like a loaf of bread and dominates <laughs> the entire game. What did he say the other day that he thought he was a little chubby? Yeah, bro, you're a little chubby, but he can't be stopped. He runs the point guard from the center position better than anything I've ever seen in my life. I watched him make like six unbelievable, like uh, terrific passes directly. I mean, he couldn't have been any better. I don't know. I like to kid a lot. The, the funny thing is he's been doing this all year. He's been incredible yeah, all year. He has. And a lot of people are just finding out about him. Because it's the playoffs. That's because what people the playoffs, watch. Right. Just like hockey and things like that. Right. Nobody's watching until the playoffs get there. Correct. Uh, but Jokic has been, and I love him too because I, I love – I mean, passing is my favorite part of basketball. And, of course, I love point guards for that reason because they, they primarily do that. But – I love, love, love a big guy that passes the ball well. Your Chris Webbers and Bill Waltons and Vlade Divots. How about under underrated great passer for a big guy, Shaquille O'Neal? He was a pretty good passer, yeah. yeah. He had to pass out of double and triple teams constantly. Yeah. So uh, a was, lot of times was... it was finding guys at the three-point line. Nikola Jokic is finding guys on at from every single angle on the floor – from from every place on the floor to every other place on the floor, he's finding people. He is no looking people away. He's he's, I mean, he make he can make any pass that any point guard. He might be the best passer in the NBA, the best passer. Yeah, he even in the had NBA. a he even had a Tom Brady uh, one arm one arm one one handed, whatever full court full court throw the other night. Yeah. Full court throw, full court pass, man. His, I tell you what, I'm struggling with my words today, bro. His outlets, his outlet passes are excellent too, um, and it, yeah, the, right on the money, two points. He's so much fun to watch because of just because of his passing ability, but and then he also three percent from the free throw line. And, and he's a, he's a good shooter. He sh- he has made so many different kinds of shots in this series. 
a lot of these strange like mid-range in the lane but like not near the basket but you know like six eight 10, 12 footers that are odd shots because you don't get them all the time, but he, he's getting a lot of those shots and he's, and it, it's like, they're like layups to him. Yeah. I was just going to say, he might be that far away, but he's got some freakishly long arms. He does. So when he gets up and he's like seven, two or whatever he is. So when he gets in there, I mean that it's basically a layup anyway. And you know, it's It'd funny. Be a layup for me or you. It's, it's funny because he is so slow. He's not. He is. No, he's a vi- loaf of bread. He's very. I'm slow. telling you, I love. Somebody said loaf. He was a loaf of bread, and domin- <laughs> He was. He was a loaf of bread that dominated the game, and that's been my favorite. I'm using it. He <laughs> was Dan Levitard. That is really funny. <laughs> and two other nicknames that I've heard so far are Big Honey, Big Honey, and the Dad Bod God. So <laughs> he's got. You know, he, he's an emerging. Bod God. He's like an emerging superstar. So all the all the nicknames are going to come out. But he is outstanding. He's been the best player in this series. He's a triple-double machine because of his passing ability and because of how big he is and that he rebounds and scores like crazy. Uh, it's been him and Jamal Murray. Don't don't let him don't let Jokic overshadow Jamal Murray. He's been terrific in this series too, and he was really good all year. Um, but but Murray and Jokic make that thing go, and they're up three-two. It's it makes it nice when you got a shooter like Murray and a pass and a big man that can get the ball to him from from the paint. So what you can do with pick and rolls and pick and pops with those two is is just endless. It's too bad that Jamal Murray loves the three arrows. So now you don't like him. Yeah, correct. Right. I don't like him. I, he's a good player, but I don't he- like him heaven because forbid, he has cause to, he celebrates. Because he, he has to celebrate a three pointer. Heaven uh, forbid the guy <laughs> celebrates. Here we go. I'm just kidding. I, I don't. I don't dislike him. Um, so are we giving this to Denver? Because I'm, 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 I'm feeling like I need to give it to Denver, even though I, I feel another big Damian Lillard game coming down, coming down the road. Because they, because it's game six is tomorrow, it's in Portland, and they're facing elimination too. Same it just, reasons. It just doesn't feel like his supporting cast uh, is is all there. I mean, I mean, you got I mean, Enos Cantor. You know, I he's mean, been pretty good, I, he's though. been I mean, he's, he's been solid. Nicely. He's filled in well. Rodney Hood's probably been their second best player on that team. CJ McCollum, CJ McCollum, I would put there, and and people don't realize how good Seth Curry really is. Sure, uh, he's he's a really really good shooter, um, and I I think he's even better than he's played in this series. I think if he got a lot more opportunities to shoot the ball, if they ran stuff for him a lot more, yeah, I think that he would he could. He could put up some pretty decent numbers, but um, he was twenty percent from three in the last game. Yeah, one uh, f- one for five. Look, even Steph has struggled in his series. Steph so is. We'll if, get to that in a second. If the He's best shooter in the history of the game is struggling from three, anybody can. Then his brother can. Right. So, um, <laughs> that series, I can't decide. I I'm still going can't Denver, decide. dude. I'm I'm going with my loaf of bread, big honey, big honey <laughs> loaf of bread. I don't. I I'm loving this dude a lot. I, I am too. I will go with them just because they have home court. I think it. Hopefully, it'll go seven. So if if the if, uh, if you could get three game sevens on Sunday, it'll be the greatest day of your. I'm gonna. It's gonna be the greatest. It's gonna be one of the greatest days in American history. I mean, you're talking at least, this, at least for this year. Gaining their independence, uh, July fourth, seventeen seventy six. You've wow, got look at you. You knew you. you've got. I think I think that was the right year. I don't know, but um, you've got the abolition of slavery. 
it's right there. Three game sevens on Sunday would be right there with the greatest moments in watch it. in American history. It. Put it up. I don't know about that. No, it's right there. It's right there with him. <laughs> um, I'm 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 rooting so hard. He for wants, his, All right. So we those. want. So you're wanting Portland in this game in the next game. However, you want. I'm 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 going with Denver. I take Denver. Um, yeah, Denver and well, I guess it would be seven. No, they're Denver's up three two. Denver and six. I don't so think you you're going to get this. Okay, I don't think this is so going to be. Gonna, I don't think this one's going Portland. Sunday. Yeah, okay. they're going to win in Portland. I don't think this is going to Sunday. That's the end of it. Okay. Uh, so let's get into the to the Rockets Warriors and finish off the NBA with some uh, Steph Curry, who is struggling mightily. He is struggling. Uh, luckily, Kevin Durant is averaging about forty. So he's, <laughs> it's okay. I'm, I'm telling you right now, he's the most unstoppable, uh, the most unstoppable force in basketball. His, his shot making ability because he can shoot over just about anybody that guards him. He literally he, can shoot at any moment in time, anywhere he, he's at, who's guarding doesn't yes, matter. Yes, because he can because he has great range and he can shoot the mid range shot. He can catch it in the post and and just turn and shoot over somebody. And then if you get a big guy on him. To, to try to use some length against him, he's probably going to go around you. He's not, like, super quick or anything, but yeah. he can go around you and drive to the basket, and then he'll probably pull up. He doesn't really – unless the the seize part, he doesn't really usually go all the way to the rim and challenge people at the rim right. on the offensive end. He will. He, he Sometimes. He can. But a lot of times he'll pull up and take the little, little mid-range yeah. or the little shot in the lane. Uh, which is fine because he makes all of those. He he makes every shot he takes. So not every shot he takes, but every kind of shot. Every kind shoots. of shot. Um, so anyway, Steph is not going to continue to struggle. I don't the think. Thing, I mean, the thing that's funny about Steph struggling. Before you you continue, I want the, Steph Curry struggling is still thirty points. Just to let you know. Yeah, right. It's it's still forty eight percent from the field, but he was twenty eight from three. So everybody freaks out. You know, four fourteen from three point line, but he still ends up with thirty and almost shoots fifty percent from the field. So, uh, I you you could call it struggling if you want. He he missed a a possible game tying shot. So did Kevin Durant at the end. They had two good looks at it. So, you know, you call it what you want. I I still think Golden State is the better team. Golden State's going to take this, uh, take it tonight, and I believe that they'll take it again on Friday. So they win the next two, or is it is it Friday or they play it's, on Saturday? No, they'll play. Uh, f- no, Friday, Friday. Then Sunday. Yeah, Friday. Um, I think I'm going to go ahead and root for uh, a one-one, huh? a one-one split for the yeah. next two games. I so know that you we are. Can get, and then I'm. You and, want your game seven? I, I want my it. game seven, and then I do want to see. I do want to see uh, Golden State win that game uh, seven. I'm still. Can I tell you that if Golden State wins that, I could easily see them sweeping Denver. Really? Yeah. I don't see him sweeping Denver. I really don't. I um, I think they're too they're too quick. They're too they they get up and down way too fast. They have too many too many athletes, too many scores, too many opportunities uh to put the ball in the basket than anybody that Denver anybody else Denver has been, has been able to play. Hmm. Than anybody really. If it wasn't for Houston's the one team because they have a guy who can come out and drop forty on any given night with Kevin Durant, that yeah, he can, that can, he can that match can, that can scoring. keep that can keep a team in a game like that. Yeah, yeah, but and that's the thing. Like, I, 
James Harden's going to have to carry them. And so far, he hasn't disappeared. He has carried them. Right, and he hasn't disappeared in the playoffs like he kind of did, kind of did the last couple of years. Um, but still, his his usage is still way, way, way up there. Even with Chris Paul back, you know, he was he, Chris Paul missed a lot of time uh, this season but came back at the end of the regular season and has played all the, in all the playoffs. Um, and you get some scoring from him. Chris Paul's not a huge scorer. But he's, you know, more to distribute and flop and the things that he does well. Um, but James Harden, it is, it does depend on how he goes and how well they play defense. I mean, you got P.J. Tucker and you have Clint Capella, it, but it depends on how engaged everybody else is um, and figuring out how you're going to stop. I, you're not going to stop Durant. We already said that. You're not going to stop Steph. Even when Ste- you look at this, even when Steph's struggling, he's still dropping 30. So you kind of just have to make them drive. I think you just have to concentrate on guarding the three-point line without fouling people because suddenly that's a thing now that you that everybody's getting fouled shooting free th- or shooting three-pointers. Because you have to be so you have to be in everybody's pocket in these games on a guy like Harden, a guy like Steph, a guy like KD, KD who can shoot over anybody, so he'll shoot anytime he wants. Mm-hmm. A guy like Steph with such a quick release that he can get it off almost in a fraction of a second. Same with and Clay. a guy like Harden, Clay Thompson's the same way. A guy like Harden who, with his step back, if you're not directly in his pocket. You have to, cause, cause he will step back, and then the next time he'll he'll fake a step back and drive. So you have to be on him. So yeah, I feel like in a game, in this series you're gonna see more fouling in the three point line because defenders have to play tighter on those guys. You don't have to do that against the whole NBA. You do have to do it against this four five guys in this game. Well, for whatever reason, it's happening in the entire NBA, and it happened in college basketball a lot too. But you are exactly right. For those reasons, it is. It seems to be, and we had the whole thing, the big controversy after Game One. That was everybody was talking about all the fouls or the non calls or whatever on on three point shooting against yeah. Harden. Um, but I don't know. I I, I want to see it go seven games. I know everybody's sick of Golden State. I'm not. I love, love it. watching them play. And- is this the Western Conference Finals right now? I mentioned that before we before we started talking about the Western Conference, both these games. But uh, it, jokingly, because nobody cares about Denver and Portland, is this the Western Conference Finals, though? Are both of these teams better than Portland and, and Denver? Yes, but I don't think like so significantly. I don't see any sweeps, no matter what the situation is. Um, whoever plays whoever in the Western Conference Finals, I don't see a sweep happening. I see Denver or even – I think I see Denver giving them a little bit more of a match than um, – a little bit better match than Portland. But Portland is a team that has blown me away all year because I'm like, how are – I don't understand how these guys every time I look, Every time I look at their – every time I look at their roster – I don't. I don't understand how it happens either. It's it's a it's 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 like a will to win type team. It's it's a team like the Pacers that play really well together. Mm-hmm. They understand each other. They've been together for a while now. Of the defense. core group, yep. they play good defense. And but the difference is between the Pacers is they have a superstar on their team. Yes, that's correct. And Damian Lillard. Right. Um, either way, uh, I think Golden State, if they come out of there now. I think it would be probably more a more interesting series if the Rockets played either one of those two teams in the Western Conference Finals. It might be more interesting um, because I think 
those either of those two teams match up a little bit better. I with think the they Rockets. do. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and nobody really matches up well with Golden State. No, nobody does. And nobody's even though this is two two currently tied. The series is tied two two. I still I still don't think anybody really matches up well with Golden State. No, no. Um, especially if everybody's shooting it well. Um, so I'm taking Golden State. I'm taking Golden State too. Let's go. I'll go seven with this just for fun. Yep. Uh, just for your sake, we'll I, go seven. I with need that. three game sevens on Sunday. I just need it. Now before we flip out, I've got a I got a little thing for you. So, yeah. all right. So uh, a couple weeks ago we had a little, we did a little list. You gave me some Yankees and some Red Sox. Twenty and the, twenty greatest. Twenty greatest Yankees Yankees and Red Sox in that rivalry. So uh, so Ty Lue, Ty Lue, uh Apparently, talks have ended with the Lakers. I thought that that was a for sure thing because that's LeBron's boy. But even LeBron can't get his boy in apparently anymore. So this is getting uglier and uglier for uh, LA. However, in LA, they are a they they're they're a pretty impressive franchise, right? Yes, they are. They so have been in the past. They have been in the past. They have 15 players in the Hall of Fame. Okay. Can you name 10 of them? 10 Los Angeles Lakers that are in the basketball that of fame. played for the Lakers. Don't necessarily ha- didn't I mean I, they don't have to have a bust of the Lakers. One of them definitely doesn't. But uh can you think of 10 Lakers? I don't know if I can think of 10. I have uh Wilt Chamberlain. I have Jerry West. I'll let you You're good. Yeah. Okay. Uh Elgin Baylor. Yeah. I have um, Magic Johnson. Yep. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yep. That is five. Five. Let's see. I have this list is incomplete. I just thought of one. What's going on with this? Anyway, continue. Go ahead. Okay. This might be this might be not not as good, but continue. <laughs> You're good so far. Let me think. James Worthy. Got it. Six. Think. Uh, think. Only played for a little while just to help Kobe and Shaq get a uh, get another ring. Uh, Shaq is one of them. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Threw that one out there. So Shaq on seven. So uh, yeah, this guy likes to. He's. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to give it okay, away. Okay, so too he was much. on those teams. I got yep. you. Um, let's see. It's definitely not Rick Fox. Didn't like him. Uh, it's it's definitely not Ty Lue. Big guns. Um, big guns. Big guns. Even bigger shoulders. Oh, Carl Malone. There you go. Duh. Uh, I got it. Then Gary Payton is in there, right? Uh, yes. So that's nine. So all you need is one more. And to be honest, I don't know anybody else on this I'm list. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. <laughs> how about uh? How about uh? Gail Goodrich. Gail Goodrich is a winner. He is in the so man. That was pretty. That was pretty good. You got that pretty quick. All right. Well, that wasn't yeah. as fun as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> you didn't have a Wade Boggs moment like I did, but yeah, that's but you all gave right. me Shaq and basically gave me Carl Malone. Yeah, I'm not good because when people start struggling, I just immediately start saying things. Oh, that's okay. I'm not I, good. I appreciated that. the uh, the help, the assistance. All right. Well, that was well done by you. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. We want to get into the Reds. Yeah, I think, I think we can okay. get into the Reds. Uh, you know Dietrich's a pretty big dude. I wonder if he works out. Speaking of, yes, I would 
bet that he works out. He is he's pretty ripped actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, he is. Uh, I wonder where he works out. Oh, I know where he works out. He works out at a gym in uh, Westwood, Ohio, called Training Personally. Training Personally with Peggy Edwards, as a matter of fact. Look, no matter your level of fitness, if you like to be challenged or if you need to be challenged, sometimes you don't feel like you want to be challenged because you're just not so motivated, but you know you need to be. Oh, yeah. And you want the benefit of working out with a personal trainer, but you don't want to have to pay for one. They're expensive. Training personally with Peggy Edwards is the gym for you. Peggy Edwards will put you through a an interval circuit training session that is fit for any level of fitness. At your pace, your own pace, on your own time, it is. It is. It is the place to go if you need help with nutrition, you need help with attitude, spirituality. I mean, Peg Edwards is not just a, a trainer. You're not going to go in there and she's not going to tell you pick up those 20-pound weights and do some curls. You're going to go in there. You're going to have a good time. She keeps her workouts fresh. You're not going to do the same thing all the time. You're going to have different workouts. They're going to be fun. She makes it fun. You're she gonna, does. She, she, she's going she's gonna to keep talking to you. You're going to get done with a workout and realize you just worked out hard for an hour. And, like, how did I just do that? Because she, she keeps you busy. She keeps you occupied. She makes sure she knows what she's doing. She's going to get you in shape. She's, no matter what, if you're already in shape and you want to get in better shape, she's getting you there. If you haven't worked out in 15 years and you have a little bit of uh, weight to lose or something like that, she can help you with that. Training Personally with Peggy Edwards is on Facebook, and you can also visit trainingpersonally.com. On that note. Derek Dietrich. Derek Dietrich. Goes there at least three times a week. It's um, a big swallow, dude. I, I'm not sure why because they have a gym at the ballpark, I'm sure. <laughs> but he loves the uh, he loves training personally, and he loves Peggy Edwards so much that he goes there. Um, Derek Dietrich has been uh, busy lately. Derek Dietrich. Okay, so Adam can't stand Derek Dietrich. Why? Because he has too much fun. That's exactly <laughs> why. He can't stand him because he, he hits bombs, and when he hits them, he stares at them. And, you know, congratulations, you hit a bomb. You take your time, look at it. Do the moonwalk to first base is what I say. Adam dislikes it. Not a, De not a Dietrich fan. However, I don't know how you can't be after this past weekend. They wore their 1896 uniforms. He's got three buttons buttoned down, chain flipping around. He took eye black, puts the eye black on, then makes a Fu Manchu with the eye black. Just fun guy. He then comes out. There's bees that stop a game in its tracks. Not in its tracks because it hadn't started yet. Postpones a Reds game. He comes out in a beekeeper's uniform. Well, not really. It was just a white button-up shirt. That was actually Nick Senzel's shirt. Uh, comes out in a uh, looking like a beekeeper, spraying some some spray around. You know, taking care of everybody. Hilarious, fun guy. Then the lights postponed the game last night at Oakland. Last night, yeah. Yep. So what does he do? 
he comes out with his uh, tool belt, goes and finds the elephant, which, by the way, I still to this day have no idea why an elephant is an ath- is the athletic. I feel like if I could choose any any uh, mascot to to be a mascot for a team called the Oakland Athletics, I feel like the elephant is the least athletic animal in nature. I looked this up a long time ago. Yeah, how they got the elephant as a mascot. Yeah. I'll be honest, I don't remember what oh, it was. Oh man, what a what a disappointing ending to that yeah. story. But but there is some sort of so you can look it up. You can go to Google or whatever and sure. and and look up elephant mascot Oakland A's or whatever. So, so and Dietrich, you will get the explanation. So Dietrich goes over to the mascot. He's got his he's got his helmet on. He's got a bat. He's got a little the the one hand bat. He's got you know I think he had some like soft scrub spray or something. He had all had kinds of stuff. He had some tape in there. He looked good. He had some keys. They were going to go up and try to fix it. They, uh, you know, took a look at it. They, they couldn't quite handle it. But the, the guy is funny. You have got to like this guy. So I admittedly will will say that I, it's it's harder for me to get into this guy because of what we talked about so much. The home run that he hit, that he stood there and watched and set up a oh, campsite man. at home plate Here we and. Go. Uh, Got his binoculars out and watched the watched the guy that got the ball. You want to keep talking like that? I'm gonna get into it. Watched his watched his kid take it to uh, to show and tell the next day in school and and watched him uh, go to Hobby Lobby and get a case for it. And he watched all this happen from the batter's box before he started to uh, slowly walk to first base. Hey, and, and you know what? He beat the pitcher. He won. <clears throat> yes. Congratulations. He, he, Have a little celebration. <clears throat> Not even a, he didn't even celebrate. He just watched it go out. Right, he didn't celebrate. Why can't I watch where that ball goes? He did, you he, hit a ball that far, trust me, the first thing you want to do is know where it lands. You're right in that he did not celebrate. He just flat out flat watched out it. embarrassed the pitcher oh, on purpose. What? Yeah, he so did anyway. embarrass. He embarrassed him when he hit the ball 450 feet. That was the embarrassment. The fact that he sat there and watched it, that that made it no less embarrassing for that pitcher. So I admit that because of that, because of my feeling about that, it's harder for me to get on board with Derek Dietrich. But I do appreciate a guy who uh, likes to, who likes a little comedy, who keeps it keeps it fun in situations like that. Very two very odd situations where the game was was delayed. Guys aren't. They're, guys aren't – until they know when the game is exactly going to start, they're not going to go warm up or whatever. Or some in some cases, they've already warmed up. And, sure. You know, so they're just kind of waiting to see what happens. So it's not like he had anything else to do there. He came out. It was entertaining for people at the ballpark. It was entertaining for everybody else because it was all over social media. They had videos and pictures and stuff all over the place. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. I do appreciate that. I like that he's having fun. I like that he hits home runs. I don't like how he behaves all the time. I don't know why he wears a 50-pound chain around his neck, a gold chain, like it's like it's 1994. When you got a body but, like that, you do whatever you want. <laughs> why dude, do you have to? He's a bad. Why do you have to man. have that haircut and wear that chain? I don't know. But anyway, what's wrong with the haircut? Everybody <laughs> in Major League Baseball has that haircut. No, no one else in Major League Baseball <laughs> that I know has that haircut. Anyway, um, I'm trying to get on board with Derek Dietrich. It's slowing me down what he what he did and some of the stuff he does sometimes. Uh, some of the kind of 
Puig, Yasiel Puig type stuff. That he's 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 got. I think he's a little cocky, but that's all right. Right. There's right. nothing wrong with a little cocky. Uh, there is to me, but <laughs> <laughs> it uh, it was fun to see him kind of goofing off and and doing that stuff for the for the B thing and the lights. Um, which which brings me before we get on to our to our next guy, we're basically talking about three players. We're gonna talk, yeah. Uh, for the run, triple play, this run year. down right, run down. Speaking of the B thing and the light thing, the last week on Thursday last week, the Reds lost a one nothing game to the Mets, where Noah Syndergaard pitched a complete game shutout and hit the home run for the only run of the game. Yep, very uh, rare feat, right? Friday, the very next day, they the Reds took an eight nothing lead in the third inning. Right, they lost twelve to eleven in that game. That was uh, Nick Senzel's debut. That was a rough game. I think everybody everybody went to bed thinking that game was over, including me. Yeah. No, actually, no. I think I I think I was up for that. I um, went to bed. Saturday, they wore the 1902 uniforms. The, they were the white. They had the big shirt pocket. Yep. And the collar. Yep. Which which is <laughs> really weird to think that people they wore those. They wore basically dress shirts to play baseball Dude, they a used long to wear, time ago. Yeah, but they would wear a suit to the fans wore suits to the game. Right. And and I love they've been doing it for a long time now in every sport, uh, but I love the retro uniforms. Most of them. I, and I do 95%. like these. I don't think they've ever worn these. They took it all the way back. That was nineteen oh two. They wore that on Saturday. Saturday was also the, the day that Matt Kemp was released, which we're gonna talk about in a minute. Sunday, they wore the 1911 blue uniforms. You mentioned that uh, uh, Dietrich wore the – he put the eye black where, like, it almost covered his whole face, and then he painted a mustache on, which is – it's weird to think about. Like, he basically painted his face for this game. I loved it. And it's – I absolutely It's weird because it. you don't – like, I don't feel like I've ever seen that before. No, I've never in my life seen it. Once I, again, another reason why I love it. I, I don't know how I feel about that. I kinda, You don't like it because it's Dietrich. That's the reason you don't like it. Maybe if it was a player that I really, really loved, if, I would like it If Barry it a Larkin did it, you, thought you would think it was the coolest thing to ever happen. But, but Barry Larkin wouldn't do it because he's a class act. Now, how is that? What, what makes that a not a class act so, by, by putting a mustache on your face with eye black? So that was Sunday. Monday, no the answer. B- <laughs> no answer. <laughs> the bees the uh, uh, caused an 18-minute delay. That was really, really interesting. We've seen stuff like that happen before sure. in, in other ballparks, and it's actually happened two other times in Cincinnati, one in 76, one in 87. Um, but the uh, it was it was so interesting because the bees swarmed on, basically on the Diamond Club near home plate. Uh, people got up and, and walked away and stuff. There were two beekeepers, two longtime beekeepers yeah. that were fans, yeah. just happened to be in the ballpark that just day. Just hanging out. And they went, they, the, the, the bees eventually made it to like a seat and they swarmed. There were fifty to 75,000 bees, from what yeah. I understand. Yeah. 10 pounds of bees. 10 pounds they said of was, bees. They got them in a Joey Votto bobblehead box. Yes. These uh, two dudes got down there, no beekeeper uniforms, nothing on. No protection. Got the queen and 10 pounds of bees. Found the queen in 50,000 bees. Okay, or maybe they didn't find, but they knew Isn't where the, she was. I mean, just look for the one with the crown, right? 
Oh, that's true. That's true. She would have a, a crown or some sort of tiara. Yeah. Right. I feel like that would be pretty simple. That's true. And prob- and the only female, I'm guessing. Um, yeah, I, sure. I'm, yeah. I'm assuming the queen is the only female. Man, the what, rest of these are males. Cool. That poor um, girl. <laughs> right. Uh, big sausage fest for the for the bee community. But yeah. um, they they – I don't know if they found it or they just knew where it was because a, a bees in a hive followed the queen or whatever. Yeah. So they basically dumped them all in this box. Neither one of those guys got stung. Not a single sting. Unbelievable to me. Ten pounds of bees. Think about what a bee weighs. And they had ten yeah, pounds like of a, bees. Like a, like a, a one hundredth of an ounce or something like that. Absolutely phenomenal to me. Boom! That was Bases a- loaded. Amir Garrett comes in, strikes out. Uh, st- uh, strikes out. Uh, I don't know. Very who, nice. Up. Uh, Oakland uh, Olsen, Day. yeah, the first baseman uh, Olson. Anyway, still, still <laughs> two, only two outs. He's got to get one more with the bases loaded. Anyway, continue. So we've got. Uh, so so that was Monday, the B thing. Then last night, we mentioned it. There was a ninety-eight minute delay when the left field lights. Some of the left field lights would not work. In uh, in Oakland, they worked on it for a while. Could not get it, uh, could not get it fixed. But then, kind of waited for it to get dark enough where they could see how it was going to look. And then both uh, both teams agreed that they would play through it. That's what they did. Mm-hmm. So the game started right around midnight our t- Eastern time, and it it ended up. I, I'm thinking like this is going to be a three o'clock in the morning finish. Yeah, it ended up finishing about two in the morning because it was a really fast game. Yeah, because the Reds were no hit. Because Mike Fires, who was pitching how for Oakland, no hit the Reds in the middle of the night. How about that? This guy, Mike Fires, is now on the list of people with of pitchers with two no hitters. Two no hitters. There's not a lot of people on that list. One person is Homer Bailey, who yes, but uh, the other person is a guy named Mark Mike. Is it Mike or Mark? I can't even remember what his first name is. I don't know. Fires. What's his last name? Oh, Mike. Mike, yeah, Mike Fires. Fires. Right. What's his last name? Mike Fires. You couldn't even remember his last name. I, I thought you were talking about Tennis somebody else. I know you did. Uh, anyway, yeah, and speaking of that, I wanted to ask you. So you have Mike Fires. Mike Fires, uh, his, his career numbers, where did I write this down? I have it right here. He's he's uh, 50. Get the Bible out. He's 57 and 50. My eyes are so bad. Oh, my God. <laughs> He's 57 and 58 lifetime, 411 career ERA, 1.268 whip. He's played for four teams in nine years. Homer Bailey, you mentioned, two two no hitters, 70 and 80 in his career, 458 career ERA, a 1-3 whip. Uh, was was basically given away in the offseason. Dallas Braden, who pitched a perfect game, spent only five years in the major leagues. Was twenty six and thirty six. His ERA was over four. His WHIP was over one point three. Chris, you don't have you have to pitch great to throw a no hitter. You don't have to be a great pitcher. This was the three hundredth no hitter in Major League history. Mm-hmm. Is a no hitter overrated? Uh, no, I'm I'm gonna say no. I don't think it's overrated. You you have to. I still, even though you don't have to be, you you have to be a good pitcher. You have to have good stuff to no hit somebody. You got to have that stuff, and you have to have the ability to throw that stuff. You may not have the ability to throw it every day, but you got to have the ability. I don't think it's overrated. I think a no hitter, and 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 also they're playing the Reds, who's literally the worst 
team in Major League Baseball. They have the worst batting average in Major League Baseball. Batting so, average, yeah. So they're not getting a ton of hits anyway. But at the same time, you got to go out there against Major League hitters, and none of them can get a hit on that night. I think I I still look. I'm still kind of old school. I don't know. I still think that's a. I still think that's impressive. It's nowhere near what a perfect game is because what right. there's 17 perfect games or something like that out there. Right. Uh, nowhere near that. However, you know, and a lot of those no hitters were way back in the day. You know, in in the early teens and the uh, the 1900s and. When when these dudes were, you know, they were playing a bunch of rum dums and ding dongs. But they were rum dums and ding dongs themselves. Yeah, well, yeah, but they were better than the other rum dums. Yeah, you know, you had you had hoo all. I don't think all I time. ever said hoo ha. I'm gonna go back to that episode. I'm gonna find <laughs> it and see what you said. I'm gonna find it and see what you said and and figure out what that was. Um, I think I I just feel like it was hoo ha. Anyway, um, <laughs> just got it confused with things that you like it's interesting <laughs> what's a, what okay no i think i know what you're saying okay <laughs> it's just interesting to me to think about some of that now you have the all-time greats nolan ryan had seven no hitters right uh, you know you have exactly some of the all-time great pitchers through no hitters shows you how how dominant they really were and you have some guys like the three that i mentioned and several <laughs> others that really are not anywhere really weren't very good pitchers if you look at overall numbers for their careers who threw no hitters there's a lot to throw a no hitter there's a lot of luck involved you have to be really good like you said you have to have the stuff you have to even if even if you have the stuff four percent of the time in your career or something like that because a lot of guys you know i think bronson royal always said it was like you you know if you have 30 starts you're going to be really good in 10 really bad in 10 and somewhere in between in 10 or something like that yeah um so, or or maybe it was like really good in five, really bad in five, and somewhere in between, and the rest of them or whatever. And you're gonna that is the case for most people. For these guys, in a lot of cases, they're bad in more games than they are okay or good. You know, in in some cases, so you have to have a lot of luck. In almost every no hitter, you have at least one or usually a couple big time defensive plays spectacular defensive plays and this in this game Votto got robbed of a home run so right. yeah it's just it, i just found it interesting that you know this is a guy who is a journeyman i mean he he's he's been around a while and he's pitched for four different teams in 9 years and he's he's not a great pitcher and yet he has two no hitters and he has two no hitters same with Homer Bailey um so anyway, I just wanted to get your opinion on whether you think that was. Uh, I don't, you think, I don't think it. I don't think it's overrated. I don't think that it's underrated, but I don't think it's overrated. And I'm with that. I think it's, it's still a pretty incredible. I think feat. it's equally rated. Yeah, it's okay. It's it's uh, appropriately rated. Appropriately rated. <laughs> so then, okay. So moving on. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, moving on to appropriately overly rate. We talked about how overrated the you know when when rookies come up and get called in um, from AAA and how crazy it gets and can be a little overrated for their first game. Spectacular, whatever goes on. Nick Senzel gets called up last Friday, uh, starts in his first game. He's got an RBI today. Uh, he's been playing decently well. Um, so so with that. Uh, comes a lot of things. This is the the this is the new Reds. I mean, you're looking at this is you're looking at a big part of the core of what's going to be going for the next few years. So, uh, what do you think about Mr. Nick Senzel and in, in this whole deal? 
it seems honestly like the offense suddenly got a spark, uh, even in games that he didn't like, you know, he was one for four or something like that. The offense has been before next Senzel came up. So before Senzel, which I'm going to just call BS, um, before Senzel. Before Senzel. Oh, I got it. I got okay. it. I got it. I got it. Um, I, like it. I had to think, but I got it. Little it Bible a reference second. also. It was going uh, over my head, and I grabbed it from behind and pulled it back down. That's a great catch. Um, <laughs> the Reds' offense averaged three and a half runs a game. Since Senzel's been called up in the five games, not including tonight, 7.4 runs a game. Now, they've got four now, so they're he, on their way. He Now, he's shown – his, he he's hitting going into this game. He's only hitting 200, but he has walked four times in 24 plate appearances. Yep. So he's getting on base, and that's why he's batting first. He's he's leading off now, most of the time when he's playing. So, um, he had he has three <laughs> oh, home runs. Because 200 is like is is good on this team right now. Yeah, uh, you know I this team is hitting. It's funny. Horribly. It's funny you said that because I was on the Reds website today. And they have the leaders, the team leaders in every st- statistical category. Yeah. The team leader in batting average is Jesse Winker at like two thirty seven. Yeah, two thirty seven uh, is leading uh, this team Jose, in batting Jose average. Jose Iglesias is at two ninety five now. Oh, that's right. Okay, and and, and okay. Farmers at two thirty eight, but two ninety five. So maybe Iglesias. it was maybe it was depending on how many uh, how many how many bats, bats yeah. right? But still, still, I mean, when Iglesias, the defensive shortstop that you brought in from He's Detroit. Been good. Has is your and he has been. I mean, obviously, two ninety five is is really good, and he's becoming the. I mean, he is the everyday shortstop right now, uh, for this until we can figure out what's going to happen with Scooter and and everybody gets moved around. Right. But um, yeah, I mean, it's a it's just a this kid. I think he's I think he's going to be good. I like I like this Senzel kid. I think uh, this is not going to be anything like a rookie of the year type year for him. But I do think that he's going to fit in well. Once this team starts hitting, I think he'll start hitting better. This team will start hitting. It's going to they're happen. They're already starting to hit. They, right. It's come along. But but it, the problem is, is it took a, almost a third of the year. So n- none of these guys are going to have good batting averages at the end of the year. I still feel like there's a long way to go. I really do. And there I, is, but they've already had too many at-bats. Yeah. Uh, you're probably right. I mean, Vado's um, not going to hit 300. It's just not going to happen. Vado, I mean, he could get himself up to like in that 260, 275 range, but I, I'm, uh, he'd be the only guy I could see that could get anywhere up above, too far above 250, 260. And he's playing almost every single day, and he's get he's going to get five, you know, five plate appearances every day. Yeah. So he'll have the opportunity to get close. But um, you're right, and I, I just Senzel just seems to to have sparked them a little bit. Um, he did hey, he had the two home run game from the leadoff spot yep. the other day. He he led the led the first inning and the second inning off with home runs. I, that was uh, what night? What the, uh, was that? The night that they no, that was they scored a bunch of runs that game. But that was um, the twelve to or when they were up twelve to whatever. Was it? I was thinking that was that that was his major league debut, but maybe not. Uh, oh yeah. Anyway, that was. Anyway, yeah. Either way, uh, Senzel. It's still exciting, you know, because he's he's played and he's played well in center field so far. Um, so it's exciting to see him up now. As part of the acquisition to bring him up, you had to make some roster space. Matt Kemp uh, was released. Now, Matt, Adios. Matt Kemp has we've talked for ever since the Reds acquired him in the offseason. When is he getting traded? That didn't happen. It didn't happen. I really thought they acquired this guy to get traded. And 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 
and I believe that they did everything they could to probably try to get rid of him. I don't think they were having any offers. That's the only thing that makes sense to me on why they would make this. Now, he is also making probably more money than anybody except Joey Votto on this team because back when Votto signed that big deal after two years after his MVP year, Matt Kemp was the guy he was chasing after. Or was it Cargo? No, it was Gonzalez, wasn't it? Either way, Kemp so. was up there in it with it too. Yeah. Uh, but so so Kemp's making money and a little too much money for. But so they were able to to clear some cap. They tried to get rid of him. I I guarantee they tried to get rid of him. It just didn't happen. Now this early, I don't, I I just think they they figured that they weren't getting anything. That's why that's why I still have an issue with it because it's this early. He was hurt. He was on the injured list, um, but. He he wasn't going to be out the like the rest of the first half of the season or anything. I don't think it was a, a serious injury, so he was going to come back and still have some time to. I I just thought they could have given him when he got back when he got healthy, given him some more time, given him some more at bats, and if he hit the ball well, then then you have some value and you can see what you can get for him. I don't know. Maybe they wouldn't have gotten much for him anyway. But at the trade deadline, some of these teams that are that are contenders that might need one more at bat or one more big bat might be willing to give up. I mean, we see that every year almost that, that, yeah. you know, teams give up a, a you know, a, a top 10, a top 10, uh, a prospect or whatever, a top five prospect or whatever to for, get a, to get a bat, to get a bat that they can stick to in get a help for the yeah. second half of that year. And that's it. And that's what he's going to be for whoever picks him up. I'm just telling you that, that they, I don't think the reds would have got rid of him now unless there was something going on where either they didn't think he was going to come back from some kind of injury or that the, cause he's not coming back next year. That's a one he's on a one. This is his last year of his deal. So that, or, it was just the point where they had they had they had talked to everybody and nobody nobody had any offers for him. And if they don't have offers for him now, not even like even won't even talk to you about it, then it's probably not somebody they're gonna be looking at in the future. Well there was no I mean, he wasn't playing every day and he was you know, it was nobody was hitting on the team early yeah. on, so You're, he didn't even get an opportunity he to was wasting away. be of any value. I right. Mean, I don't think they ever wanted him on this team to begin with. No, I'm sure he was a throw-in for in the Homer Bailey. Right, you know the whole money. They were the Dodgers were trying to get rid of money, and and right. he was just a throw-in to get rid of some cash. But there was still potential because he was an All-Star last year. He had a really sure, good yeah. year last year. There was still some potential to turn him over for something of value, and I I thought they would do that. They didn't. Um, but look, they they called up. They got rid of him and um, sent down Scott Shebler. Um, at the same time, they called up Nick Senzel, and then I think it was the next day or the two days later, called up uh, Josh Van Meter, who was not one of the top prospects in this Reds organization, but was tearing apart. And still is. Triple A He's one for two today. He's he's hitting 250 since he's been called up, which I know is only. He's uh, not going to get a lot of at-bats, but like opportunities like this where he can DH be a DH. Tonight. Right. Yep. Yeah. So uh, he he's just hitting the ball like crazy this year in AAA. Now so far in, in a very limited number of at-bats in the major leagues. But um, if he if he keeps hitting, I mean, you have – that also you sent down – you got rid of two outfielders, called up one. That clears up a little bit of room in the outfield because you had 15 of them. Sure. Um, Van Meter's a, an infielder. 
So he's not another and guy that's going to call that up. For some reason, Peraza's playing left field tonight. Right. He he. They're starting. You to don't play have enough outfielders, I guess. So put <laughs> yeah. him, make another guy an outfielder. So here's here's my next question for you. Uh, and this was brought up by Joe Leonard uh, on the on the Facebook Live, and I really like this question. Uh, trade prospects for Puig at this point in time. The Reds are sellers right now, right? I mean, they're in they're in fifth place. They're in the bottom of their division. This this division looks like it's going to end up like last year, where the top four teams are all going to finish over 500. Mm-hmm. The Reds will be. I, I think they may get close to 500 this year. They're they're on, you know if it wasn't for the four game losing streak and the eight game losing streak, they'd actually be playing. They they wouldn't be too too bad right now. Um, so, but at this point in time, it looks like they're going to be sellers. They're not going to be. Um, they're not going to be uh, challenging anybody for a playoff spot this year. So Puig. Are they getting rid of Puig, or do you think this is somebody that they come back and try to re-sign? No, I think they get rid of Puig. Um, so he's going to be somebody that's going to be gone by a trade deadline. I think so, uh, because you have Winker is established, Senzel is established. That's your left fielder and center fielder. Is Winker established? Yeah, I, th- I think they are in on him, except for the fact that, like tonight, he doesn't. he's not playing against left-handed pitchers that's what i mean is he really an established player is he or is he a fill-in guy right now until we get our core we get a better core outfield set no i think he's a good enough hitter that and even with his trouble with left-handers i think he's good enough a hitter that they are sold on him being their left fielder they are going to have to let him hit against left-handers though otherwise he's never going to He's never going to get better if he doesn't hit against left-handers. So uh, right now he's not good against them. But a lot of guys struggle with the with the same side, uh, you know that they that they hit from. So they just need to let him hit. Just play him every day. Yes, right now he's hitting like 077 or something against left-handed yeah. hitters. But it's going to stay that way if you keep him out of every game that a left-handed pitcher is pitching in. So let him hit. He, I think he's he's good enough to end up, you know, he's a he's a 280, 290 caliber hitter, I sure. think. You know, and he's a guy that's going to get on base because he's patient and he's going to, you know, he, he'll draw you some walks and stuff like that. And he, that's why they were so high on him. With this team, with this team, where they're at now, where we're past the point of, you know, 15 where – we had, we had a really good roster, but at that point in time, you knew that the Reds were going to be getting rid of people. Everybody was available. They were taking trade requests for everybody and anybody except for, like, Joey Votto. Where this team is now, where we feel like we've got to we, – you see, you see the, the pieces coming together for the next four or five years, possibly. Who is – who – on this team, because they're going to be sellers, who's who's available and who's not? Who are you? Is there anybody on this roster that is locked in? There's no chance you're getting rid of. I was uh, before the season started. I was like, we need to trade Nick Senzel because I wanted Corey Kluber, and I thought that's what it was going to take. I needed Senzel out of here. Thank God we didn't get because it meant Corey Kluber was coming. Nick Senzel seems like he's he's probably the guy. Untouchable. The guy. So, yeah, I think he's going to be one of them. Um, is there anybody else on this team? Is Votto still Luis untouchable? Castillo, I would think. Castillo. Okay. Yeah, I agree um, with that. 
I don't I don't know that Votto is untouchable. You know, Votto's untouchable because nobody wants his contract. That's the thing. That's the thing. Uh, it nobody wants a, a, a two-hole hitter out of, out of your corner infielder uh, who's only hitting two what two thirteen this year. You so know far. what he you know what yeah. he is. That's like but, Steph struggling. But for three. the most part, for the most part, your corner infielders aren't your two-hole hitters. They're they're coming up hitting 30, 40 bombs a year. Maybe not that twenty-five to thirty-five bombs a year. And Votto's just not that guy anymore. So. I don't. I, I. I think that he might be. I don't think he's not untouchable, but I think he he's made untouchable by that contract. It, it wouldn't hurt to get rid of that contract for sure. So I'm sure the Reds would be willing to do something like that. But like you said, it's going to take. You know, it would. It that might be a situation. Well, it wouldn't even be a situation because somebody's not going to. It's not going to be a rental for a, a year. He's still got a ton of time left he's on that got, contract. He's got so. four or five years left on his contract. Right. So he's not going anywhere regardless. Whether he's untouchable or not, he's not going anywhere. Um, and I'm fine with that because I still love Votto. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't I've, – I've never cared about the tradition of you have to have a power hitter at the corner, at, you know, outfield or infield spots. I don't care about that because you – you just need some power somewhere in your lineup, and how, whoever you get it from, set your lineup according to sure. what you have. So, I really the the guys that are untouchable are the ones that I I think, think maybe it's just Senzel, Senzel, Senzel and Castillo. And Castillo maybe. And that's it. Um, I don't. I think there's a core now that with those some of those younger guys, and especially with this pitching staff, the pitching staff's been really good. The starting pitching staff's been yeah, really good. Really good. Um, so. You know, you don't really want to break that up. You want to because there a lot of these guys are still really young. You want to give them another shot. Now, of course, Roark, we're going to see what he does for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. We're going to see when Alex Wood comes back, whenever that happens. If he comes back, right? Uh, what what, what kind of Ryan thing? Madsen? Yeah, uh, except uh, I don't wish for Alex Wood. Never mind. <laughs> um, still a little bitter. Still a little bitter are. about Votto getting hit in the knee. But I know you are. Uh, <laughs> Those guys are are probably those two guys are probably untouchable. But other than that, T- Taylor Trammell and uh, Hunter Green probably in the minors. That's the other thing too. You still have we're talking about our core. We, yeah, we our, still have. There's a lot of guys down there. There's guys that we don't even talk about in down in the Double A side of things where that they think in three years is going to be part of what is what this team is. That's why I don't know that Winkers necessarily set maybe for another year or two but I, I i don't know what his contract looks like i don't i don't see him as i think I, they're hoping they got something down there a little bit better i can see that uh i don't i don't know i'm i'm, I'm still i'm still pretty high on winker I, I can see him being the left fielder i can see maybe taylor trammell coming up and bumping senzel to right field maybe and and, mm-hmm. and having trammell in center and senzel in right and that's your that's your, you know, outfield for the next six, eight years or whatever. Because yep. uh, I think Winker's good enough to be a really good player for, for a long time. Against right-handers. Against everybody. I think total think overall, he will struggle definitely against left-handers more than right-handers for sure. But I think you, if you look at everybody's splits, I think you have a lot of guys. I think in most cases that's the case. Uh, but 
a lot of guys get everyday opportunities even with that problem. Is Bell is so is and I guess the real question is if that's the case then you don't think Bell's going to continue to be the coach of this team for very much longer because if Bell's the coach then he's not hitting against lefties cuz he's the most sabermetric ding dong I've ever I, I should He's just he's just I, it's just I, about matchups for him. He it, just everything is about matchups, about matchups right. and I I'm not 100% sold on that. I still feel like there's you can be a sabermetric guy. You can be a, a matchup guy. You can be a guy who who looks at the ever the numbers and stares at a book and sees this guy does this against this and this is what happens. But if you got a guy that's hot and there's still something to that 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 fire that guy's on fire the 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 hotness the streakiness of somebody there's still something to that that eyesight where I'm looking at him and I'm like this dude's untouchable today. Or, or this guy's so hot at the plate, I don't care who's pitching. There, there's a spot like that, and I don't like that he he is so far into the sabermetric side of things, I think, that he le- just doesn't even care about that. That has been annoying to me. I don't necessarily dislike him yet, and I'm not calling for his head. Don't get me wrong. I need to, I'm, I'm a guy that I'll give you a year or two. I, I feel like you should have two years before I really can start hating your guts. But it's because it, it's already starting to get on my nerves, this pulling guys in the fifth inning when they're on fire. And I'm I'm starting to <laughs> I'm starting to shake and get excited because that's really, really annoying me. However, however, when he's done it, it hasn't hurt them on those young on those on those. Now Iglesias has blown a ton of saves so far this year in the ninth inning and given up a ton of home runs and I don't think he's fully healthy or something's wrong with him. Lorenzen should be the one coming in in the biggest situations at this point because that guy's the hottest pitcher we have out of the bullpen. However, that's not I don't I, that happening in the ninth inning doesn't bother me as much as pulling somebody in the fifth when you got easily get two more innings out of somebody that is just rolling yep uh i know i know i know that's been killing you um i don't i don't know i know it's it's a newer school way of thinking it's we saw it start to get really big last year there are a lot of a lot of people in that same mindset that you know it's a it's a bullpen thing you're getting your bullpen guys they already pulled up an extra bullpen arm in Cody Reed. He sits um, there and complains that uh, we got to bring up another arm because the bullpen's getting wore out. The bullpen's wore out because you wear them out. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I would like to see him give the starters a little more, a little a little longer leash, I guess. And is it, maybe it's because they're young and it's the beginning of the season. You know how I feel about that, too. It, if you're not ready now, then go at it, but... I don't know. Like first start or two maybe, but at this point everybody's made three, four. And starts yet he's still pulling Castillo in the in the after throwing five and two thirds, and he gives up a dink base hit. Mally, he does it to Mally all the time. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, you know, maybe if it, if it doesn't work out, you know, enough times for him, maybe he starts to. Think, the, the problem you know, is it hasn't working. been terrible for him yet. Right. The bullpen's coming. The bullpen's been fantastic. So when he does bring the bullpen in, it hasn't hurt him. Yeah. It's going to at some point in time. It's going to hurt him. Well, Iglesias hasn't been <laughs> hasn't been too good. That's but. the one spot. But I mean, whoever's come in for that yeah. for the has not been a bad move. Anyway, right. yeah. And, and speaking of Iglesias, uh, you know, our our friend Bobby Nightingale reported the other day that Iglesias, after he had 
blown another save or whatever, or blown another opportunity, um, blown another lead, that he mentioned that he was not totally happy with the way he's being used, meaning he's brought in in the eighth inning to get the last out or two. All right, and- Iglesias is on the trade deadline. You suck it up. <laughs> I hate that more than anything in the world. You know what you should be pitching? If you really want to be the the lights-out guy, the, then you should be in when the best hitters are up at the end of the game. Uh, why do you want to pitch against the seven, eight, nine hitters in the ninth inning? Why that, that? What does that do for you? What is that? You get a save next to your name. People are clapping because they because you struck out the eleventh guy or whatever, so they get a free pizza. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. You, if I'm a, if you're a true professional and and you are a true uh, competitor, you want that. I want to be the guy going in in the eighth against four, five, six, against three, four, five, against one, two, three, whatever. That's what I want. I don't care about the. I don't care about ninth inning malarkey, whatever. That's why I think I, you want to talk about overrated, underrated. The save is is one of the most overrated things in baseball. We've talked about that before. I think the closer is one of the most overrated things in baseball. I want my best pitcher out of the bullpen to come in at the most important part of the game. Anyway, I so if that's what he really said, I didn't see that. If that's what he said, then he can stick it up his yin-yang. Plus, I, he's not <laughs> pitching well. So Michael right. Lorenzen should be the one if there's a closer or whatever, then it should be Lorenzen at this point in time, which he has been for the last, I don't know, three, four games when they've had the opportunity. Yeah, and I don't I don't know stop that stop giving up home runs. I, and right. Stop complaining. I, I don't know that it's necessarily like he doesn't want to pitch in the eighth inning or something like that. I think he's I, I'm sure he's probably fine pitching in those big situations, but I don't know what it's like to be a relief pitcher at that level, come in, pitch, go into the dugout and sit and then come back out again. I think they I feel like relief pitch now there are guys who do pitch more than one inning in relief. Those are you know, usually kind of designated guys that are longer relievers, but usually, especially when you're when you are a closer for the last few years and you're used to pitching, coming in the game, pitching, getting one, two, or three outs, and that's in, in your inning, and then you go into the dugout and you're done, it might be a different thing. You know, it, it might be – there might be something different about so he doesn't the field. Like, he doesn't like pitching two innings? I, I, I kind of pitched, feel like that. Has he pitched two innings a lot? Well, I think that's what he does is, is brings him in in that big situation in uh, the to eighth. Get the, to get to that get last that, out. To get that out, and then – brings it back out in the ninth i i that's I what i was assuming i don't he was understand about. that it doesn't make any sense to me that it still doesn't make any sense to me you it might feel different if you're ramping i gotta up, read the article without you're ramping up you're ramping up go back in the dugout get your butt ramped up and go back out there and pitch again in the dugout <laughs> or you know you get done you go back to the dugout and then you come back out and pitch again yeah i i, I, make I think you're out get your out I just feel like I've heard relief pitchers say that before, where it's it's it, it, that's one of the big things about the difference between being a starter and a reliever, is it's, it's, you know the difference between pitching the way you're going to pitch if you're planning on pitching seven innings, rather than pitching one inning and going full force a hundred per you know you might you might not throw you might throw a hundred because you are ramped up to throw 100 and you're going to throw 10 pitches or 12 or 15 pitches well then go back out there when that next inning starts and get yourself ramped up again you get time to warm up out there on the mound ramp yourself back up do what you got to do if you can't do it if you can't do it 
and you can only be that guy, then you're not worth what we just paid you. Well, yeah. If you I, can't do it, then you're <laughs> I don't not think worth so it. Either. I, anyway, I know, but right. if you can't do it, then you're not worth it. If you don't like the way you're being used because you can't do something, then then you need to go back and figure something out about yourself. I think it was probably more just frustration. Now I really I'm frustrated. Do. Well, I didn't read the article. I don't was, know what he said. It was frustrating for you, but I think he said it probably in frustration because he hasn't been pitching well. I think if he, I think he's probably fine with it if he's pitching well in those situations. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. Uh, that that was a lot of stuff about the Reds for people who are listening who are not from Cincinnati or do not care about the Reds. It is what it is. We, we apologize. To, We're from yeah. Cincinnati. We're Cincinnati. Uh, based podcast we do a lot of national stuff but there's not a lot of national baseball stuff going on right now we're so. n- and we're not going to do this every week some weeks we will have all red stuff and a lot of weeks we're going to do three things about the rest of baseball right. so don't tune us out if you're listening for the first time or something don't tune us out we talk about everything else too yep. and uh here uh so so coming up next week we will have the MLB triple play. Uh, more than likely, we'll probably do a little more uh, national stuff involved in that one because we focus. Unless something crazy happens with the Reds, then it could be three things on the Reds. Right. Uh, but the Western Conference Finals and the Eastern Conference Finals will have started Yes. by the time we come back on here next. So that'll be fun. Uh, getting closer and closer. I mean, we've got another month and a half before it's all over, but uh, it's getting closer and closer to the end of the NBA, and we will talk about that. Yes, we 100%. Will. We will definitely dive even deeper into those games and uh, hopefully find some more things that Adam gets annoyed about. Uh, <laughs> like we Basically, I just need to find people having fun, and Adam will be annoyed. Mostly, yeah, mostly if somebody's having fun somewhere, uh, I'm uncomfortable with it. Uh, <laughs> it's the truth. It is. We can have we could be at a we could be at a at a family party and everybody's laughing and having fun and Adam's in the corner like that is not like true. with an itch scratching his face. It's not no, true. I'm, I'm just kidding. I, no, Adam knows our, Adam has fun. Parties. Adam knows how to have fun. Uh but he is annoyed by too much fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, it's it no. It, I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to uh, increase the positivity from here on out. I think. Okay. I gotta. Okay. I believe it. <laughs> sure. All right. So on that note, uh, we will see. Uh, so oh, real quick, Adam, tweet box. How do we get a hold of you? I am at uh, Adam Schmidt forty four, and I'm at sick with it. Uh, no, no Twitter at all this week. I completely cut Twitter out this week. I did a pretty good job of it. I'm proud of myself. Didn't look at it one time. Wow. Never opened the app for an entire week. So that's not very encouraging for people who want to get a hold of you on Twitter, but no, if you if but if but I would get a I'd get a you know get a notification. I'd get a notification. I'll jump on it if somebody's hitting me up, you know. Hit him you, up. You want to try to slide him, into my DMs? Come on. Make slide him, on in. Slide, slide in his DMs, make him get back on Twitter. We are we are now all responsible for getting Chris involved more involved in Twitter. I I did for a while, man, and I just I got it. mad. I just made me mad. I'm going to start tagging you in everything so that you get all these notifications and you got to look at it and get on Twitter and then you're going to end up seeing other stuff and you're going to get, then you'll get mad and then we'll have something to talk about here. Oh yeah. I'll be, (laughs) I'll be, you, you get me on Twitter, buddy. You get me on that tweet box. I'll be going all day. FaceTube tweet box and the, in the, and what else is there? The chat snap. All these things, man. They get me. Some of them are, some of them are just a little out there. Anyway. What's your nickname for Instagram? The Graham. 
Oh no, that's actually that's, what it's called. So thing. now it's the Insta. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. The upper I'm GI. Just wondering. Upper Isn't it GI. the IG? IG Instagram. Anyway. Uh, so anyway, we'll be back next week uh, with plenty more sports and hopefully some ridiculousness. Until then, don't forget to turn your headlights on. <laughs>